Good morning, uh, church family. Good morning. It's a, it's a blessing to be here. If you have your Bibles, uh, hopefully some of you were here last time when I spoke, and uh, you started bringing your Bibles. And uh, so hopefully you have your Bibles with you. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open your Bibles to, uh, to Romans chapter 8. That's where we're going to go today. It's going to take me a second to get there, though. Um, first, I want to start with something interactive from you. Here's my question today. On a scale of 0 to 10... If you died today, would you go to heaven? On a, hold on. Like my football players, you didn't listen to the whole thing. On a scale of 0 to 10, if you died today, would you go to heaven? Okay, so how many of you in here today, if you died today, I'm not quite sure you say, man, I'm probably like a 5. I might be a 5, maybe, you know, kind of right in the middle. It hasn't been a great year. It hasn't been a bad year. I see a couple hands go up. How many fives in here? A couple hands are up. A couple hands, okay. How many of you, it's like, ah, man, you should have asked me a week ago before my in-laws came. <laughs> I'm more like a two or a three. How many two or threes we got in here? How many two or threes? It's been kind of a rough week, maybe a rough year. Any two or threes in here? Okay, that's good. How about, how about some, you know, six, sevens, eights? How about six, sevens, or eights, like, now, most of the time, I feel pretty good about it. I feel pretty good. Okay? I got a lot of people scared to raise their hands. <laughs> how, about, how about this? How many zeros in here? How many, like, I know I'm not going to heaven today if I die. How many zeros? Anybody, anybody uh, bold enough to raise your hand in here? No zeros? Praise God. Okay? Praise God. Here's why I'm, here's why I'm saying praise God. Because today's message is meant to encourage believers. That's what today's message is about. Now, I'm not fool enough to, to believe that, uh, you, you know, there is no non-believers in here. You may just not have been bold enough to raise your hand. That's okay. But today's message is to encourage believers. As you see, the title is All In. All in. Because it, it, we're here it's the end of Christmas season. We're getting ready to go into the new year. Many of you are planning on taking down your Christmas decorations and all that stuff, and you're starting to think about your new, new Year's resolutions. You can't remember what your New Year's resolutions were the year before. You can't even remember. But I want I the subtitle, Living from Victory, Not for Victory in 2019. Too many of us are striving for victory. But if it's true that nobody in here is a zero, <laughs> that means everyone is saved, then we need to start living from victory, not for victory. And I'm going I'm to try to encourage you today. And so I don't believe everyone is saved. And even why we had some, some answer, I'm a five, I'm a six, I'm a seven, I'm a two or a three. Okay, I just wanted to remind us of this. One of the most well-known Bible passages in all of Scripture, in all the world. For God so loved the world. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. For God so loved the world. Good. Pastor Noe, we're going to try to get this church in 2019 to be more responsive <laughs> to you. Okay? For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For those of us who think that we can be a five or a six or a two or a three or anything but a zero or a ten, this passage should dispel that myth. 
It doesn't say whoever believes in him and. That's not what it says. Whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. Let's go to a little, a little less well-known passage of Scripture. 1 John chapter 5, 11 to 13. Maybe you've never heard this one. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and that life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. You know the problem with most Christians in America is that we live not knowing we have eternal life. We've bought the lie that the enemy's been selling us, and he's been selling, you know the worst problem about the lie the enemy's been selling us? He's been selling it from most, most pulpits. Most places do not preach that you can know you have eternal life. The Word of God is true. It's always been true. It will always be true. It doesn't matter what our world wants to, what, what, wants to make us think nowadays. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think. The Word of God is true. If you have the Son of God, you believe in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you have life. So I want to go back and I want to look at these two passages again. I just want to highlight two words. Gave. He gave. 1 John 5, 11. This is the testimony. God has given. In America, $7 billion a year goes unused in gift cards. Seven billion cards given unused. Now, whoever possesses that card has the ability to use the card, however much is on it or whatever it is for. But they don't use it. So if they don't use it, it's of, it's of no value to them. This here points to the fact that God has already given eternal life to everyone. It's a free gift. However, if we don't receive the gift, it's a wasted gift for you and for me. But today, as I look around and people said, I'm not a zero, I'm not a zero, I'm not a zero, then praise God. How many of you, if you died today, you would be a 10, you would go to heaven? Raise your hand. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands I, I, Don't start clapping yet. Just this church alone. Don't put your hands down. If you got to change hands, your partner got to help you hold your hand up, whatever. Just this church alone. If we would start living from victory, not for victory, would change the whole landscape, not only of North Phoenix Baptist Church. You put your hands down. Not only of North Phoenix Baptist Church, not only of Phoenix, not only of the state of Arizona, but of this country. If just the people that I saw put their hands up, Jesus changed the world with 12 disciples. Yet everybody put their hand up in here. Then we need to start living from victory. 
not for victory. And there is a difference in that. We need to know that God is for us. He's not against us. (laughs) Here's why. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. See, if you're a believer in here, you're saying, yes, I'm a 10. Yes, I love Jesus. I'm all in. I got Jesus in my heart. Then guess what? That means that as soon as you believed in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit came and indwelled you. And according to Jesus, it was better that he left so that the Holy Spirit could come. That, that the Holy Spirit lives in us now. But I, I, I could tell, I could tell by your faces, some of you guys, you know, you're not, you're, you're red letter Christians. You never get past the Gospels. Because I only believe what Jesus really said. If it wasn't quoted by Jesus, then I don't believe it. You got a problem with the Bible. You got a problem with God. But I'll, I'll, I'll appease you for a second. For the red letter Christians in here. Here's what Jesus said. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. He goes on. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. It will remind you of everything I have said to you. He goes on, when the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Let me encourage you, let me encourage you today. In 2019, let's spend time praying to the Holy Spirit. Let's spend time praying to the one that resides in us. In his role as God, who lives in us, because he's the one who is going to give us the strength, the energy, the power, the knowledge, the wisdom, the discernment that we need to live from victory, not for victory. God did not take Jesus from the earth and just say, okay, Christians, go for it. That's not what he did. We need to live according to that. We need to live according to the fact that he's for us. He's with us. He's convicting us. He's encouraging us. He's nudging us. He's whispering to us. That's what he's doing on a daily basis. And when we live according to that, it'll start changing the world. So again, the title today, All In, Living From Victory, Not For Victory in 2019. Let's start reading the the text today. Romans chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Hopefully you're you're already there. I love it. I'm hearing some pages turn, Noe. That was you. You're trying to encourage me, Noe. I'm hearing pages turn. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. Or if you have your phones and it's on your phone, you can go there. All this stuff. But go to your Bible. You know what's great about the Bible? You can put notes in there to be there the next time. Take notes in your phone and they're gone. 
I know, somebody's going to, there's a way you can do that. Let me show you. I know how to do it, okay? (laughs) Romans chapter 8. This to me is, I I love Romans chapter 8. Therefore, verse 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Anytime you see the word therefore in the Bible, you need to ask yourself, why is that therefore? And you need to go back because he's connecting two points. The Bible was not written written with chapters. They were letters. He goes back. If you go back, he's telling you, this is coming off of Romans chapter 7. Anybody know what Romans chapter 7 is? It was Paul's struggle with himself. Like, I'm not doing what I want to do. And he's struggling with that. And he comes to a conclusion in verse 24 in Romans chapter 7. He says, what a wretched man I am. With an exclamation point. He probably shouted it, Perry. They probably had to turn his mic down because he was shouting that. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Because he's realizing that I'm walking around in something that's sinful, that wants sin, that doesn't want the things of God. I'm trapped in this body. It says, who will rescue me from this body of death? But he says, verse 25, thanks be to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because Jesus rescues us from this body of death. And so that's the basis of chapter 8, that it's already been paid. You've already been free. And so look, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. The law of spirit and life set me free from the law of sin and death. We're no longer bound. We sing about it every week. Every single week we sing about it and then we walk out of here and live as if we're enslaved. This is why I cannot stand New Year's resolutions. That's just me. I don't think they're sinful. I don't think you're evil if you have them. Matter of fact, I don't really like man-made holidays. I'm just being honest. Valentine's Day? Why do they make Valentine's Day? I don't, need a, I don't need a reason to get my wife a gift. I don't need a reason to treat my wife right. I don't need man to tell me what to do. <laughs> my daughter understands what I'm saying because we're the same when it comes to that. I don't like Halloween. It's man-made. I don't like Mother's and Father's Day. I don't need a reminder to tell my mom she's awesome. Or to tell my dad, I still can't live up to you. I don't need those reminders. I need to do that all the time because that's how I live. Thanksgiving, I know this is like Christmas. He didn't, he was not born on December 25th. I hope everybody knows that. (laughs) Sorry if I'm blowing somebody's mind in here. Some kid's like, Mom, you lied. There is no condemnation because of what Jesus did. If, you just, if we just stayed right there, your whole life should change in 2019. He set us free from the law of sin and death. He set us free. It reminds me of my son, my oldest son. His name is Jordan. He's 21 years old. He's in college now. But when he was like in junior high, and he was like starting to grow and stuff, he's the oldest one like in the family. And so like... When the cousins would come over and stuff, immediately he'd be like, let's play hoop. 
let's play basketball. And everybody else is way younger than him. <laughs> like seven, eight years younger than him. So not only would they play hoop, he would lower the hoop as low as it would go, like seven feet. <laughs> and they're playing dunk hoops. He's the only one that can dunk, mind you. But to watch him play was to watch what it looks like to play with freedom. Because he knew at the end of the day, it didn't matter what the score was, at any point I can get serious and win, the, and win this basketball game. And he would try dunks that were ridiculous. He would just be blocking. <laughs> They're five and six years old. He's just, oh, get that out of here. Because he was playing with freedom. He knew he couldn't lose. In 2019, keep that in mind, you cannot lose. Keep that in mind. You already have the victory. You've been set free. You've been set free. You're going to get to heaven someday. Everybody, most of the people in here, raise their hands. You're going to get to heaven someday. You're going to be explaining to God, God, I just want to tell you what had happened. What had happened was, and God's going to say, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You've been set free. We've been set free. Let's play. Let's live this life with freedom. For what, verse 3, for what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. That's what Jesus did for us. Ha! It's the ultimate form of love. He took things that didn't belong to him so that we could have what doesn't belong to us. We're living from victory, not for victory. <laughs> Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. We need to stop living according to this flesh. You know that every day we have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. Every day, all day, you have to make a decision. Will I live according to this and its desires? And still, let's stop blaming the devil, okay? Can we stop blaming the devil? For our sin, you aren't that important, and neither am I. The devil can only be in one place at one time. More than likely, he's probably hanging out, out somewhere in the Middle East. Where the epicenter of what's going on in God's stuff is happening. He's not hanging out around me or you. We're not that impactful. But what is hanging out around us is this flesh, this nasty, wretched, filthy, corrupt flesh that we live in. We need to have the mind of the Spirit. I was wondering how I could illustrate this. I'm going to use my daughter. My daughter is 20 years old now. She's in, uh, in her second year in college. A couple years ago, about this time, she found out she was going to get to go to TCU. She got accepted at TCU, and she posted on social media. She posted on social media, and the next day, she gets this. We're going to go through a little conversation. Because I didn't understand this a couple years ago. I kind of understand it now. 
we're going to go through a little conversation. Some random guy slid into DMs. Too many of you know what that means, Christians. He just hits her with the eyes. My daughter's like, what? He's like, TCU. She's like, yeah, I'm so excited. Guy, it's lit. LOL, I was thinking about transferring there, but I, I don't know. Sorry, this was random. Now, I would have liked as a father that my daughter said, yeah, you're right. It is random. You need to get out. But she appeased him. She said, it is a great school. And it's okay. You're fine. Ha. <sighs> Didn't like that as a father. By the way, this is dad's, okay? I went and found this on my daughter's phone. But I've been training my daughter since the time she was 18 months old. So at the time of 18, she didn't have a problem with me being in her phone. Fathers. She didn't know I found this, but I found it. I read all the way through it. So the guy responds, yeah, yeah, I'm in nursing right now at UTA, LOL. I'm pretty sure you probably have a BF, ha ha. No, I've never had one, but I'm going into education. She responds, I've never had a boyfriend, but I'm going into education. And she doesn't have a boyfriend, not because she's like homely. She doesn't have a boyfriend because she understands that she's looking for a godly man. And those are hard to find, especially at 15, 16, 17, 18. Guy, you never had a boyfriend? LOL. And that's good. Maybe we can help each other in college. LOL. He's trying to, he's trying to be smooth now, right? Jada, nope, and yeah, maybe. <laughs> I wish she would have cut it off again, but she didn't. Okay, guy, I want to change that, that she's never had a boyfriend. I'd like to know you and take you on a little cute date sometime. <laughs> I mean, if you, will, if you would be down for one, LOL. My daughter, I think you have plenty of girls that would love to go on a date with you that aren't in high school. I'm only a freshman. I'm just 18. Give the boy a chance. My daughter, why not any other girls on your page? This is where she starts to cook them. <laughs> guy, because huh, you're smart. You're going to school for education. You're not worried about a guy. That's what I like. I don't want to hold you back. I want to succeed with you, and I'm a good guy. He trying, man, some people ain't laughing in here because you use the same trash. I'm a good guy. I believe in God. It's lowercase. And all Twitter is hoes. I want a girl on her grind and believe in God like those are the best girls, to be honest. <laughs> Here's my daughter, though. The mind of Christ. This was her response. On a scale of 0 to 10, if you died today, would you go to heaven? <laughs> Hold on. It gets better. I would hope so. I haven't done anything bad. I mean, I go to church. I try to help as many lives as I can. If God wants me there, then yes, but don't jinx me. She shares the gospel with them. That's the thing. You don't go to heaven because you do good things. You go there because you believe that he is the one true God and accept him as both your Lord and Savior. So if Hitler had accepted him in the last second when he lived, he would have gone to heaven. Good. Good works happen as a result of wanting to please and reflect God and build up your treasures in heaven. So believing he is your Savior is the ticket there. Doing good works. Build your house once you get there. Ooh. Guy. Yeah, that's right. 
I want you in my life so you can keep me right and bring me to church with you and show you the way, you, way to go. I have no brothers or sisters. My parents are split, so I do a lot of things on my own. So, like, that's why I want you, because you're different. And I feel like you are kind of interested or you wouldn't be replying. <laughs> He's trying to get to the crux of it, ain't he? <laughs> Ladies, those of you who aren't married, watch out for this guy. <laughs> my daughter. Okay. Well, if you're really into it, then read Kingdom Man. Every man's destiny, every woman's dream by Tony Evans. Then get back to me. <laughs> I love it. She's cooking them up. So I started reading the, the, the thing, right? And I'm like, man, why is she responding to this bum? And then as it kept on going, I'm laughing as a dad, right? The dude's like, wait, hold on, what? She don't respond. So you don't want to talk to me? She don't respond. Like we can't talk about all this through a date? I don't know the Bible perfect with school and me working. I'm busy. But it's no problem for study dates. Like, I'm trying to work, work with me now. I know you won't know it perfect, but I don't know you like that. So it's kind of sketchy to go on a date with someone I've never met. You know. Plus, I can't just go anywhere I want. My man responds, whatever his response is, blah, blah, blah. As you see at the end, no response. Okay, as a dad, I read this. I'm like, J.D., you need me to take care of this because I got the dude's name. I got a friend who's a cop. We can go, we can go visit him right now. No, dad, I handled it. That was two years ago. I asked my daughter, you mind, my daughter loves that I get to share that in church. As we go back to the text, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the na- that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. She just wanted to share the gospel with my man. Real quick. She wanted to share the gospel with my man. So, as we go on, and I know I'm running short on time, so, which always happens when you're dealing with me. <laughs> Romans 8, 14. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you do not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you receive the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. How many of you guys went skiing or snowboarding this week? There was some snow up there. Man, people don't like raising their hand here, no, or they just don't do anything. They're just super Christians. They hang out in the church all the time. <laughs> About 10 years ago, we learned how to snowboard in my family. My son was five. And he goes up the mountain, and I'm waiting at the bottom of the mountain. And the next thing I see, after about 20 minutes of nervously waiting, like I don't know where my kids are at. I've never done this before. Here I see my five-year-old coming down the mountain. His snowboard is pointed straight down the mountain. He's in a squat position just like this, and he's going 50 miles an hour. Boom, straight down the mountain. And I'm thinking to myself, he doesn't know how to stop. He gets to the bottom, and all he does is kick his feet out in front of him and sit down. Snow everywhere and all this stuff. We need some Christians like that. We got too many cautious Christians. Well, I'm praying about it. You've been praying about it for 15 years. Do something. Do something. You have the spirit living in you. God will stop you. God will stop you. When it's time to stop, he'll put the board out and make you sit down. Just get going. Do something. Point your board down the mountain and fly. Please. Let's live from victory, not for victory. We have everything in us that we ever will need for this life. Let's live like it. We have to stop doing nothing. 
How many of you, if you went to the Cardinals game today, a lot less Cardinals fans today than there was three years ago? How many of you, if you went to the Cardinals game, they're on the road last week. And the first play of the game, they get in the huddle and they huddle up and they break the huddle and they come out and go to the line of scrimmage. And then they walk off the field. And they get a delay of game. And they come back out and they huddle up. They get all the information. They walk up to the line of scrimmage and they walk off the field. And they get another delay of game. At that point, you would be doing what? Booing. Would you not be booing like, what in the world are you doing right now? Right? You would be booing. You know what I think? I think the world is booing us as Christians. Because every Sunday we huddle up in this church and we get a whole bunch of information and we walk out of here and we go sit on the bench. We do nothing. Just the people that raised their hands 30 minutes ago. If just the ones that raised their hands 30 minutes ago said, yes, I'm all in for Jesus. I'm I'm walking with him. I'm going to live from victory, not for victory. If we just did that, the landscape would change immediately. But unfortunately, we get a whole bunch of information. And then what we really do is this. We get a whole bunch of information and we walk out of here. And before we even get to, we start, put our car and drive to go away. We send an email and tell Noe what you didn't like about service. Yeah, I'm preaching now. That's right. When are we going to start doing something? As a church, we have to start living as if we have victory. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and we're called according to his purpose. The key to that passage is love him. See, the world explains this verse by saying what? What's what's the passage the world says? Everything happens for a reason. Eh, Yeah, you're right. Everything does happen for a reason. God works for the good of those who love him. We're called according to his purpose. We need to live in love for God, with God. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. You are my friends if you do what I command. Jesus is saying, if you want what's best for you, then live in love. Obey my commands. Obey my commands. Romans 8, 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither life nor death Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing will separate you if we live a life of love towards Jesus Christ. Uh huh. The claps got a little less loud. Because if you're not obeying his commands, you're, by the way, it's hard to obey something you don't know what it says. So if you're not in actively reading and studying and getting discipled and taught the word of God, or you walk out of here and you, all you did was take notes on what you didn't like instead of taking notes on what God was saying, 
then you know what God has to do to you? He has to discipline you to get you back in line with him to live a lifestyle of love for him. Not only are we living from victory, not for victory in 2019 and beyond. Too many times we want to put time parameters on everything. I'll do it for six weeks. How about you do it for one day? How about we live for Christ one day? And then let's, then at the end of the day, let's take journal, take notes, write, write victories down in your journal, say what happened great that day, what do you need to work on, repent of it, all that stuff, and then let's do it again the next day. And then the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Instead of 2019 is going to be my year. <laughs> a day is like a thousand years to the Lord. A thousand years is like a day. If anyone is ashamed of me, Jesus' words, I, put, I should have put these in red, but it's at the end of my message, and I want you to feel better about it. If anyone is ashamed of me in my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory. He will be ashamed of us. So in 2019, let's be unashamed. Unashamed of what? Let's be unashamed in our love for fellow believers. You know, problem with the church, most of the times we love unbelievers more than we love believers. Unbelievers don't want to be a part of something that they're already a part of. A part of not liking other people. They're attracted to the love of believer towards believer. That's what they're attracted to. They're attracted to your devotion to Christ. That's what they're attracted to. They're not attracted to you putting up four walls or giving, giving them a, a bag of, uh, uh, of gifts. Because they're wondering where you are the next day. Or six months from now. They are attracted to how you love one another. When they walk into the church and go, man, that church is different. They actually like each other. <laughs> Unashamed in our witness. You know, it's our job as believers. That's our job. God left us here to be his witnesses throughout all the earth. Unashamed in public baptism. It's on a steep decline in America. If you haven't been baptized since you've been saved, you are living in disobedience. And disobedience is a, is a really, you know, nice word to call sin. <clears throat> if you haven't been baptized publicly to let everybody know that I'm walking with Jesus Christ, you're living in disobedience. You're living in sin. You need to do that. We need to be unashamed in our giving. In America, 73% of people call themselves Christians. About the same number of hands that rose up in here today, about 73%. Yet, only 2% of Christians in America give at least 10% of their income back to the church. That's called disobedience. Well, you don't know my situation. You're right. Take that up with God. Let's try it God's way in 2019. And stop trying it your way. Because as my good friend Vody Bakum would always say, How's that working for you? Because you got the same problems in 2018 you had in 2008. So let's try it God's way. Let's live according to the Spirit. Let's be all in. Let's be unashamed of these things. Unashamed in our giving. Unashamed in our forgiving. Whew. Most of us don't forgive because we don't understand what forgiveness is. That's why we don't forgive. We think forgiveness is reconciliation. It's not. It's not. You forgive in your heart. 
Reconciliation happens when both parties understand. That's why everyone in the world has been forgiven by Jesus. But not all will go to heaven because they're not reconciled with God because they have not yet repented of their sin and come to him as their Lord and Savior. So let's be unashamed. In 2019, let's live for, from victory, not for victory. I'm going to the song that you don't want me to start singing. I don't know how to get back. That's okay. They didn't have, they didn't have uh, technology back then. Here's what I'm going to say as I close. What areas of your life do you need to let God step in and tell you to point the board down the hill and go? Try a dunk you can't make. What relationships do you need to put parameters around and say, I can't be in that anymore, any longer? What are they? Because you know what I think God is waiting for? And he's been waiting for it for a long time. He's waiting for Christians to live like he's telling the truth. If we understood all the promises God has in his word for us, our whole life would change. The problem is most of us don't know the Bible. Spend time reading the Bible. Spend time praying and asking God. Spend time journaling. Spend time talking to somebody else who's more mature than you that can disciple you and teach you God's word. Don't be in such a hurry to walk out of the church and complain about the church. Because when you're complaining about the church, you're complaining about you. And you're complaining about God's bride. We moved to Texas in 2008. And uh, my son was two years old. My youngest son was two years old, and, and uh, he didn't know how to swim yet. And we had a pool in our backyard, so it was like a stressful summer. And uh, so we got him one of those floaty suits. You know those floaty suits you can put on, like it's a whole body deal? You guys know those things? They don't got the ugly little wing things anymore that you guys used to have to wear. You walk around, you can't get no food to your mouth, all this stuff. They got the floaty suit, right? So that was what he did. And, and I kept trying to get him to swim. All my other kids could swim, and he wouldn't swim, and my wife would be like, we just don't want him to, babe, just leave him alone. We don't want him to, like, have a bad experience with the pool. We want him to like it and all that stuff. Okay. So 2009 came, <laughs> and he's still doing the same thing. He's got still the same little floaty suit on and all that stuff. And my wife is still like, you know, let's, you know, just take it easy. He's going to, he'll get there. He's three. He'll get there. He'll figure it out, blah, blah. Well, one day, my wife was gone. And me and the kids are sitting around, and I said, JT, you're going to swim today. He goes, I know. I can't wait. I'm going to go get my floaty suit. I said, he don't understand. And my kids are looking at me going, mm-hmm, he don't understand. <laughs> Even though he had the floaty suit on, he would want to hold on to you. Like, he didn't want to. I'm like, you got a suit on. You're good. And that didn't matter to him. So I took him out into the middle of the pool, and all my kids are over there in the pool. They're like this. I take him out in the middle of the pool, and he's already nervous. He's like, what are you doing out in the middle of the pool? You shouldn't be out in the middle of the pool. I'd like to hang out by the wall. And so he starts crying. I say, you're going to swim today. He's crying. Ooh, ooh. You're going to swim today. And I start, like, trying to back away from him. And he's grabbing me like this, and he's just, he's clawing me and all this stuff. He's trying to hang on to me, and I'm prying him off me like this. And now he's got, he's doing, 
Like they're doing all that, and he's starting to suck in water, and he's crying. I was like, just settle down. You're going to be fine. I peel myself off, and now he's in the middle of the pool by himself, and he's, ooh, ooh, he's freaking out. And he's sucking in water. I said, if you just stop, you'll be fine. He's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, well, good. When you get to the side of the pool, you can get something to eat. So then, literally, this is happening in like 30, 40 seconds, and he starts to like slow his breathing down, and it, and he, oh, now he's, he's good. So he swims over to the side of the pool. And I'm like, well, I told him he, he can go get something to eat when he swims out. He gets out of the pool, strips off his floaty suit, butt naked, dies back in the pool. <laughs> you laugh. We got a lot of Christians walking around with floaty suits on. It's time to let go. And start swimming with God and being all in. Because he hasn't stopped swimming since. (laughs) And ain't nowhere we go. He just like dives right in. Some of us need to let the floaty suit get off of us so we can experience what God wants for us. Let's be all in. Let's live from victory, not for victory.